Amazing. Come on. All right. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. Wherever two or more are gathered in your name, there you are. And we thank you that you're here in the room. We thank you for the testimonies of your goodness. We thank you for what you want to do in our lives and in this city, Father. And we just say yes. We say yes. And just right now, we just take authority over the atmosphere of this place. I take authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I silence every demonic force that might try to speak right now in Jesus' name. I bind you and I forbid you for speaking. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would know you, Father, that we would know how to be conduits of the kingdom. Thank you, Father. We need your help. In Jesus' name, all the saints said, amen. Praise God. Well, our series, welcome. Ah. <laughs> Yay, everyone give me Alan Lucy. A... <laughs> Sorry, I haven't seen you guys since you got back. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> no, and that's not their baby. <laughs> we just made that clear. <laughs> welcome, guys. All right, rein it in. Okay, our series at the moment is called Conduits of the Kingdom. And just like Paul was saying, as Christians, we are God's ambassadors on the earth. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. And we are God's plan A for seeing the glory and the knowledge of God covering the waters, covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Let's get that right, right? And we've been talking about our authority. We've been talking about that scripture Paul shared. And last, um, last week, and we've been sort of building a bit of a thing, been talking about authority. Last week we talked about being overcomers, just laying a bit of a foundation. But now that we've done that, we want to get into some nitty-gritty stuff. Are you ready? You ready to buckle up? Great. Let's go. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Any believers in the room? Put your hand up. Come on. Any believers in the room? Okay, this is talking about you. Today, the first sign, in my name, they will cast out demons. Today, we're talking about deliverance, all right? Now, <clears throat> it's not something that often gets talked about. And let, let me be clear, I don't want to give any extra attention to the enemy and his minions, okay? Um, <clears throat> we don't want to be distracted from what God's doing and from the mission that we've been given by him, um, because we're unnecessarily hunting demons and digging around where we don't need to be, right? It's really important. But at the same time, we don't want to be unaware of the devices that the enemy uses to keep people in bondage. And we need to know how to deal with it when there's someone who is under the influence of a demon. Amen? Are we on page? Right? So just to be very clear, our focus is Jesus, our eyes are on him, our attention is God, what are you doing? But we're not unaware and wherever a demon pops up, we know how to karate chop it out of the picture. Yeah? All right. Now I've said this before, but I'll say it again. We're in a war. Let's not be blasé about the situation. The devil is not taking it easy. He is on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy whoever he can. Okay, listen, young people. It's really important that you get this. The devil is on a mission to steal, kill, and destroy whoever he can. He especially goes after kids and youth. Because if he can shut you down now, then, then he knows you've got a whole lot of things to undo before you become effective for him. 
So this is important. Um, <laughs> when you get connected to Jesus, sometimes he steps it up because he's like, we talked about that one other time. He's like, beep, beep, beep. There's someone who's waking up. Let's shut them down. Attack, 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 right? This is what can happen. And then Christians are like, what's going on? I said yes to Jesus and now I'm getting all this stuff thrown at me, right? We're in a war. We're in a war. It's very real. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil has what? Schemes. The devil has plans. They're very real. Okay, the plans of the Lord are to give you what? A hope and a future, right? The plans for the Lord are for good and not for evil. The plans of the devil are to steal, kill, destroy. The Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. The devil, steal, kill, destroy, <laughs> right? 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. All right, so we get the picture. This is what the devil does. Who can I devour? Who's not believing the truth? Boom. Who's entertaining lies? Boom. Who's opening the doors to the wrong things? Boom. Right? He's looking. <sighs> Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So the devil has schemes. He loves to stay hidden and he loves to mess with Christians to keep them ineffective and unfruitful. So today I want to lay a foundation and answer some common questions about deliverance. We probably won't finish it today. We'll finish it next week, but let's just lay a foundation, hey? The Lord started teaching me about this quite unexpectedly. One morning, I was um, praying and spending time with the Lord, as you do, and I, I just asked him the question, Lord, is there anything you'd like to tell me today? My journal open, pen ready, listening, and he's like, yes, Naomi, Today, I want to teach you about discernment. And I was like, gosh, okay. I haven't had this conversation with the Lord before, so I write down discernment. Um, <clears throat> and so I asked him the question, God, what do you want me to read? Is there a book you want me to read? Is there a podcast you want me to listen to? And he said straight away, Naomi, I'm your teacher. And I'm like, okay. But after you've taught me, is there a book you want me to read or a podcast you want me to listen to to make sure I'm on the right track? And he cut me off. And he's, he's so kind, isn't he? He just cut me off and started. And he said, step one. Step one. Let's say it right. Um, he said, my people don't ask me enough questions. In any given situation, you need to ask me, What's really going on here? Right? <clears throat> the key to discernment is asking questions of the Lord and waiting for his response. Because there's always something going on behind what's going on in the, in the natural realm. There's always something going on in the spiritual realm. And as Christians, often... We don't ask enough questions, so then we don't have answers, and then we don't know what to do to, like, bring everything under authority of Jesus. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Praise God. So, um, I was soon to find that um, discernment and deliverance go hand in hand. You need both. If you're going to be cussing out demons, man, you need discernment. You need the discernment of the Lord to do that well. So <clears throat> I didn't hear what else he had to say that day because my kids, I don't know, the day just started. It was like, whew, out of nowhere, there's kids in the lounge room, there's like 
breakfast being had. They're a bit older now, so I don't have to do everything for them. They'll get dressed, they'll buzz around and do their thing. Um, but they were doing their thing. And in my home, I've cultivated intentionally an atmosphere of peace. I hope you, you do too. I hope you pray in your home and you worship and you, you make sure that the atmosphere is one of peace, right? But uh, we started our day and then I felt the atmosphere shift, just a sh- shift in the atmosphere. I was like, whoa, what's that? And then all of a sudden, one of my kids, not going to name names, one of my kids started, it's not either of these ones. <laughs> one of my children started flitting around, doing really annoying things. And I was like, wow. And it was like it was the opposite day. I would say to do something, they would do the opposite thing. And they just started being a pain in the backside. They were like, I don't know, flicking, flicking their brothers and sister. They're, they're just doing stuff, right? And I was about to get my mum voice on and just be like, what do you think you're doing, you little turd bag? Like, boom. <laughs> get into line. Um, and the Holy Spirit said, Naomi, do you have something to ask me? And I was like, oh, yes, I do. Of course I do. So, I, you know, they're still, he's still being annoying, doing his thing. And I just asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what's really going on here? And he said, it's the spirit of rebellion. Spirit of rebellion. Hadn't heard that before. So, walk over to my kid, not this one. <laughs> I didn't ask him what to do. It was just like I felt the authority of Jesus, right? Rise up in my spirit. And I was like, mommy's not talking to you. In the name of Jesus, spirit of rebellion, get out now, go, right? This is a real story. Hey, boys, (laughs) get out now. I kid you not. My child's face changed. His voice changed. And it was like, all right then, I will. And he storms out the door. And then the atmosphere shifts, right? Clear atmosphere. Kids outside stomping down the driveway. And like my kid, the rest of the family's like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) Day in the life of the McDonald family. (laughs) What just happened? Um, and within a few minutes, little child just opens the door, comes back in, perfectly normal. Spirit of rebellion's gone. And he's perfectly normal. Praise the Lord. Right? This is where all this started. This is where it all started. And since then, gosh, there's been some situations that are stranger than fiction. I could, like, I kid you not. There's been some... Crazy things happen, but the Lord's been teaching me about this um, because he needs Christians who know how to take authority over the demonic realm. And he, he needs Christians who know how to heal the sick when people are sick. We are called to release the kingdom of heaven wherever we go, whatever we do in every environment, right? So He's been equipping me so I can equip you so then you can go and equip someone else and we can do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen. All right. Some common questions. Can a Christian have a demon? Oh, we're going there. (laughs) All right. The word demon in the Bible, it's mentioned 30 times in the in the New Testament, and the word demons 42 times, right? In every instance, it is one of two Greek words. Uh, it's either diamonesomai, okay, which means possessed with devils, vexed with a devil, have a devil, be under the power of a demon. The other one is daimonian, okay, which means devil, a spirit being inferior to God, evil spirits or messengers of the devil. Okay? 
They're the two, um, yeah, they're the two meanings. Okay. The original Greek text does not make a distinction between oppression and possession. Okay, sometimes you might feel uh, hear people talking about that, but it doesn't, in the Greek text, it does not make a distinction, okay? A better way, a more correct way of looking at it is just to be in some way under the influence or power of demons, right? In every instance, Jesus deals with it. He casts it out or his disciples deal with it. Okay, which is good news. And as he is, so are we in this world, so we can deal with it too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. I need some help right now. Second one. Deliverance is the children's bread. Okay, let's read Matthew 15, 21 from 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So that she's saying that, that she's oppressed by a demon. The word there is the, the Greek word diamonizi which means possessed with devils, right? Vexed with a devil, have a devil to be under the power of a demon. Okay, so really the oppressed, yes, she's oppressed, but there's a demon um, at play here. Listen to what Jesus said. But he did not answer her a word. He, did, he ignored her, right? And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In this context, he's talking about deliverance, right? He's like, it's not right to take the children's bread, the is, his, his chosen people, the Israelites, and throw it to the dogs. Essentially, he's calling her people the dogs, right? It's quite offen- it could be quite offensive. She didn't get offended. She was like, uh, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So her faith allowed her to tap in what was for the Israelites. Praise God. Man, when we have faith, we can tap into everything that's on on offer. But the children's bread deliverance is for his kids, right? It's for his kids. And we through the blood of Jesus, have been grafted into the family of God. It means that deliverance, it's for us, it's for believers, amen, which is great. This is good news. And, and even the word saved in the Greek, it means to deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, make whole. That's what we have access to as believers. All right, so that's good news. Praise God. I have a picture. I'm going to try and do my best. (sighs) Can everyone see this? All right. We have three distinct parts that make us up, yes? Spirit, soul, body. Okay, when you get born again, Holy Spirit... comes and lives in there. We're going to colour it in blue because the Word of God tells us that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen? So, so we've been made one spirit with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 1, 
Verse 13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the precious Holy Spirit. This is the guarantee of your inheritance. Okay? This is really good news. Now, our soul, this, this realm, is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And for most of us, to quote Dan Moller, our soul has been homeschooled in the wrong home, right? Our soul, our mind, our will and emotions have been educated by a fallen, sinful nature and and has grown up in a broken world, right? We're all on page. But the Bible tells us over and over that we have a new identity, Amen? That when we were born again, we've been made what? New creations. Old, old things have passed away. Our old way of thinking, our old way of living, our old way of being, all that passed away. Behold, I've made all things new, right? The Bible tells us that we're to walk in the light as he is in the light, okay? The Bible tells us to put off the old and put on the new, right? So as we as we know this and as we start to believe this, Holy Spirit just comes and blasts all the stuff away. I don't want to fall off the end of the table. Right? And he just fills you. This is why it's so important that you keep filled with the what? Spirit of God. He's like, abide in the vine and you will bear much fruit, right? And he fills us up till we're overflowing and then we can't help but go and give Jesus to the world, overflow, okay? This is is what is normal. This is what should happen for a believer. Praise God. transforms us inside out. Now, here's the thing, though. God doesn't create robots. We know this, okay? It doesn't create robots. And you still have a free choice as to how you're going to live and what you're going to give yourself to, even as a Christian, okay? You still have free will, right? Now, what will generally happen is the devil will target your soul your mind, your will, and emotions with lies, right? John 8, 44 says the devil is a what? Liar and the father of lies. So he'll come in here with his lies, right? Every angle with his plagues and his whatever he wants to do, steal, kill, destroy, and, it, and he's like trying to target your soul. Now, if you're filled with the Lord, if you're filled with truth, if you know who you are, you're not going to partner with any of these lies. You're not going to let any of them in. You hold up your shield of faith, then what happens? They fall to the ground. You take authority over whatever the enemy is trying to do, and it falls to the ground, right? And you walk in the light as he is in the light. There's no access. Yeah? We're on page? This is who you want to be, by the way. This is, this, is, this is really good. I'm just going to tear that off. All right. We're going we're gonna to put the golden child somewhere. And then we've got another one. you just stick him somewhere? Oh. Yeah, great. All right. So this guy that Sarah's got, he exposes the lies and he walks in the light and he keeps being a weapon. This guy, though, he doesn't, know who he is, right? He's made a decision to follow Jesus. Holy Spirit comes and fills him up. 
So he's spirit, same deal, one spirit with the Lord. All right. Now, this guy is getting fired. Where's my black texter? This, this guy, well, he doesn't know, he doesn't, he, maybe he didn't understand. Maybe he's not reading his Bible. Maybe there's some access points, right? Maybe there's some trauma he's been through and he didn't realise that when he was born again that he was crucified with Christ and all of that just gets, whew, maybe he didn't realise that, right? So the devil will come in. And he's going to go straight for those access points, but then he's going to throw some lies in too and some temptations. Now, this poor guy, he doesn't know who he is. And now he's in a world of pain because what, dev- what demons need is access and they need agreement, okay? Demons need access and they need agreement, okay? If you're living here... They have no access, right? So then you don't need to fear, okay? But if, if, you're, if you're here and you're not really solid on who you are, you don't have community reminding you who you are, whatever, man, there may be some access points, okay? And if you start making agreements with lies that the de- devil tells you, then it gives him authority to act in your soul realm, Okay, does the devil have authority? No, not over the Christian. But the Bible says, my people perish from lack of knowledge. Right? Yeah, you say, wow. Yes, it's true. And so, man, if there's access and if there's agreement, this is where this realm here, now the devil's just like, I'm just going to create some havoc in there. It's probably going to leach into the body too and there's going to be some pain and whatever, right? And he's, this is a born-again believer and now they're like in bondage because why? The devil has access and agreement, okay? This is, I see this all the time, unfortunately, okay? I hope that's a little bit helpful. Do, like, um... Have I cast demons out of Christians? Yes, more Christians than not Christian. And I'm not going to go looking to cast demons out of non-Christians, to be honest. Right? Why? Why? Matthew 12, 43 tells us, I don't think I have a scripture for this, but Matthew 12, 43 talks about Jesus and and he was just saying, "If if you cast a demon out of someone... And they get their house in order. And that demon will go searching for somewhere to land, right? They need somewhere to operate. They'll go searching. And they don't find anywhere. So they'll come back to the host. They'll come back to where they got cast out of. And they see, oh, wow, house is in order. I'm going to bring seven more evil than myself. And we're just going to go and... We're going to go there because not, they haven't filled themselves up with the Spirit of God, right? So, man, if I encounter a non-Christian who is manifesting a demon, I will command that thing to be silent and I will cast it out. But then I'll be like, man, you need to be born again right now. <laughs> Get on your knees. <laughs> you need salvation. You need to be filled with the Spirit because otherwise you're going to end up in a worse place than you were before, right? Okay. Praise God. Okay. Good? Is this helpful? Is this helpful? Good. Okay. How do I know if I'm under the influence of a demon? Three things. One, they manifest. They cry out. Okay? They make noise. They did it in the Bible. Okay? That, that makes it easy when they do because you know it's there and you're like, boom, I can deal with you because I can see you, I can hear you. Second... Uh, The second thing, dominating thoughts, okay? Thoughts that dominate your will, your mind, or your emotions. There are three voices that we can hear as believers. 
the voice of God. We can hear our own voice and we can hear the voice of the devil, right? For most people, most Christians, like we need to learn like when it's the enemy and shut it down. You don't give it a place. You're like, no, don't speak to me. Okay, but for people that are living in this space, for this poor dude, his mind, his will and emotions are just bombarded constantly with demonic stuff, okay? Dominated. So we're not talking about the odd thought that comes just out of nowhere, okay? That's normal, okay? This is dominating. Um, The third one is symptoms. I've got 65 symptoms. Do you want to hear them? I don't have them on a, um, I didn't put them on the overhead, but if you want this list, like this can be quite helpful when you're like, what is going on with this person? Start asking the Holy Spirit some questions if you, if you know, actually that might be a demonic symptom, then you can ask the Lord some targeted questions, okay? Ready, set, go, I'm going to fire, it, fire them at you. A compulsive desire to blaspheme God. A revulsion against the Bible, including a desire to tear it up or destroy it. Compulsive thoughts of suicide or murder. Deep feelings of bitterness and hatred towards others without reason. Any compulsive temptations which seek to force you to thoughts or behavior which you truly do not want to do or think. Compulsive desires to tear other people down, even if it means lying to do so. Terrifying feelings of guilt, even after honest confession is made to the Lord. Certain physical symptoms, which may appear suddenly or leave quickly, or, or there is no physical or psychological reason for them. Choking sensations, pain that seems to move around for which there is no medical cause, or you know it's you know it's demonic when you pray for someone, they're like, oh my gosh, that pain's just gone there. Pain's gone from there to my shoulder. Oh my gosh, the headache's gone from here to there. Right? That's demonic. Rebuke the demon. <laughs> right? Um, <coughs> feelings of tightness ar- um, around the head or eyes. Dizziness or blackouts or fainting. Deep depression and despondency, sudden surges of violent rage, uncontrollable anger or seething feelings of hostility, terrifying doubt of one's salvation, even though they once knew the joy of salvation, seizures or panic, uh, seizures of panic or other fear that's terrifying, dreams or nightmares that are horrific in nature and often reoccurring, abnormal or perverted sexual dreams, Questions and challenges to the Word of God. This is not talking about just like a genuine, genuine want, I want to know more or um, just asking about the Word of God in humility. It's like attacking sort of thing. Sleep or eating disorders without physical cause. Most compulsions and obsessions. Rebellion and hatred for, for authority. Bizarre, terrifying thoughts that seem to come out of no fa- nowhere and you cannot control them. Fascination with the occult, involvement in criminal activity, extremely low self-image, you know, thoughts like you're unworthy, you're a failure, you're no good, a consistent undermining of self-identity, constant confusion in thinking, inability to believe even when a person wants to, mocking and blasphemous thoughts against preaching, teaching the word of God, perceptual distortions, Perceiving anger, hostility in others when it doesn't really exist. Seeing only judgment in the scriptures. Horrible nightmares causing fear. Often having demonic images. Violent thoughts. Suicidal, um, homicidal, encouraging self-abuse. Okay, these demonic, 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 right? Hatred and bitterness towards others for no justifiable reason. Tremendous hostility or fear when encountering someone involved in deliverance work. Right? Yeah, it's real. Feelings of being watched or sensing an evil presence. Deep depression and despondency. Irrational fears, panic attacks, phobias. Irrational anger, rage. Irrational guilt. Self-condemnation to the extreme. Desire to do what's right inability to carry it out, sudden personality and attitude changes, a strong aversion towards scripture, reading and prayer, especially one-on-one, a dark countenance, I've seen this in people, a dark countenance, steely or hollow look in the eyes, 
contractions of the pupils, sometimes facial features contort or change, often an inability to look at others directly. It, can people be like, oh, I've seen some of this? Like, yeah. Lying, exaggerating or stealing compulsively, often wondering why. Drug abuse, especially when there are demonic hallucinations, eating obsessions, okay, bulimia, anorexia, compulsive sexual sins, irrational laughter or crying, irrational violence, compulsion to hurt self and or someone else, sudden speaking of a language not previously known. We're not talking about tongues. It's often like an ethnic language of their like ancestors, okay? Reactions to the name and the blood of Jesus Christ, verbally or through body language. Extreme restlessness, especially in a spiritual environment. I've seen it in here. People like, not you guys, <laughs> not, none of you, but, but people come in and they can't, they can't sit still. They're like standing up, then they're sitting down, then they go to the toilet, then I'm going to go do this. It's like there's a restlessness they're not at peace and the spiritual atmosphere is irritating whatever's operating in this realm, right? It's very real. Um, we're nearly there. Uncontrollable cutting, vulgar language and actions, loss of time, we're like from minutes to hours, ending up someplace and not knowing how you got there, regularly doing things of which there is no memory, Extreme sleepiness around spiritual things. Demonstration of extra, extraordinary abilities, like things like ESP or telekinesis. Voices are heard in the mind. They mock, intimidate, accuse, threaten and bargain. Voice that refers to him or her in the third person. Supernatural experiences, hauntings, movement or disappearance of objects and other strange manifestations. Seizures. Pain without justifiable explanation, especially in the head or stomach. Blackouts. Physical ailments that can often be alleviated immediately by command of a spiritual authority. And the last one. Sudden interference with bodily functions. Temporary. Things like buzzing in the ears. Inability to speak or hear. Sudden severe headache, hypersensitivity in hearing or touch, sudden chills or overwhelming heat in the body, numbness in arms, legs, temporary paralysis. Oh. Okay? So, man, if, you, if you're dealing with someone and there's like five symptoms that they're displaying, it's time for you as a minister of the gospel to be like, God, what's really going on here? Is there any access point for the enemy? Is there anything I need to help this person shut down? Right? I'm telling you this so that you can be equipped. Okay? If you want this list, I can email it to you. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> how do demons get in? Okay? We've already talked about um, they, need, they need agreement from you. Okay? They also need access. They need, they need a door. So we just want to talk about that for a little minute. And youth, guys, I'm so glad that you're here for this. I wish someone had told me this stuff when I was your age. I wish someone had told me, man, there are some doors. Don't open them because if you want to have 10 or 15 or 20 years of like this going on, right? I wish someone had told me. Okay, so I'm so glad that I get to tell you today. All right. God is so kind. He's so kind. He's given us a blueprint. He's given us a blueprint of how to live our life. He's like, my plans for you are for good and not for evil. They're to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to show, I'm going to tell you how to live. And, and it's like, I need another piece of paper now. Let's turn this around. Thank you. I'm going over. God's like, here's, here's my perfect design. Here's my life for you. I've laid out like what it looks like. But you get a choice. If you live here, what is there? There's a blessing of God. There's fellowship with him. There's 
blessing for everything that you put your hand to, right? You can live here. He's like, you have a choice. Young people, you do actually have a choice. And you can live out here. You can choose to live out here. And God's like, you can live there. You, I love you, so I've given you a choice. And you can live there. But guess what? I'm not out there. My presence isn't there. My protection isn't there. Most likely, there'll be pain out here. I'm trying to keep you from that by showing you how to live, but you have a choice where you want to live, right? He's so good, isn't he? Um, Out here, you can go outside of God's way, but there'll be pain. There'll be consequences, both natural and spiritual. There'll probably be a demon or two that's going to, like, just attach. We don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for anyone. So don't see this, don't see this book as a list of things that you can't do. See it as God's blueprint for, for you to walk in freedom, for you to walk in health, for you to walk in life. Right? This is what this is. This tells you who you are. The world's screaming at you, young people. <laughs> the world's screaming at you. They're trying to tell you who you are, but the Word of God tells you who you are, right? All right. Doors. Seven doors. I'm going to give you seven doors, and then we're done, okay? Seven doors. First one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness in your life, man, that is an access point for the enemy, Okay? Unforgiveness. We, we could have a whole month series on just forgiving people and letting it go and letting the Lord deal with it. Okay? Unforgiveness is one. Two, family doors. Okay? Sometimes there, are, there is access to the enemy through stuff that happens in your family. Abu- uh, things like abuse, sexual, mental, emotional, rejection from the womb, trauma during pregnancy, traumatic birth, generational curses, confusion due to divorce, word curses, things like this. Okay, this is doorway for the enemy. Third one, trauma, any trauma. There was one day I was talking, uh, I wasn't talking, I was praying to the Lord um, and I just had someone on my heart and I was just like, God, this person, I love them so deeply, but their life is in chaos. Every part of their life is chaos. And I was just like, God, how do I even pray? What's going on? I just asked him the question, what's going on? And he said, it's demonic. All of the chaos in, in this person's life is demonic. And I was like, but how can that be? Because I'm like, she is a spirit-filled believer. She loves you. And, and the Holy Spirit said, the doorway is trauma. It's the trauma that she's been through and it's created an access point. And now she's in agreement with some of the things that she's hearing the enemy say, right? Which, is, which has created this, this realm. All right. Trauma, things like uh, car accidents, surgeries, burglaries, sexual trauma, near-death experience. Uh, the fourth one, occult practices. Guys, don't get involved in the occult. It's really important. Okay, things like pledges, oaths, vows, witchcraft, fortune telling, tarot cards, psychics, sorcerers, horror movies, hypnosis, astrology, yoga, yes, yoga. Oh, I'm not going to have friends after this. Yoga, Ouija boards, levitation games, eight balls, magic book spells, cursed items. Okay. All occult stuff. Don't do it. Five, idols. Soul ties and toxic relationships. Any uh, Anytime you've got an idol, Paul was saying it, he's like, anything can be an idol. Man, that it creates a door. It's an access for the enemy. Um, toxic relationships, young people. It is one of the things that the enemy will do. Get you involved with the wrong friends, the wrong girl or boy. Get you like connected on a soul level with those people, right? 
It can be an access point. Be like having a group of people who love God and can, who can champion you and the things of God is so important. So important. Uh, the sixth thing, sinful acts, sinful habits. Okay, this is not an extensive list, obviously. Sexual acts outside of a marriage covenant, pornography, gluttony, drugs, drunkenness, right? If you are willingly engaging in a sinful act, that is access, right? And you are deceived as well if you're a believer. Okay, so don't be deceived. Close the door. Um, laying hands on people, number seven. Laying hands on people. The, the um, demons love to mimic. The things of darkness love to mimic the things of God. So in the things of God, we will lay our hands to see the sick recovered. We will lay our hands to pray for people. Okay, but we don't, we, don't, we don't just let anyone lay their hands on us because they can transfer stuff. But I will say this. If you're here, if you are living here, man, all the doors are shut. All the doors are shut. You can have a witch come over and be like, oh, Jimmy, rah. Are you right? What's going to happen? Greater is he that is in, in Jimmy than he that is in the world. Okay, we don't have to fear this. I'm telling you this so you can help people shut down the things they're giving themselves to that result in the enemy having access and influence in their life. Amen? And if you have by any chance opened a door, shut it today. You just shut it. You just, you repent and you renounce it and you say, God, that's not who I am. It's not who I'm called to be. I'm sorry. I'm going to walk away from that. I'm going to walk in the light as you are in the light. Amen? <sighs> the last one, entertainment. Eight. I think I said seven. I've got eight. Entertainment. Okay. Music, phone, computer, this thing. This can be, believe it or not, young people. Okay, I'm not saying don't have a phone. Like, no, we all have a phone. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you're giving yourself to with this thing. Right? Don't be giving the enemy a doorway. Video games. All right? So there's eight ways. Eight doors that we need to just be aware of and help people close, okay? Let's not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Now, some of, some of the access points or whatever are there because it's your fault. You've gone outside of God's plan, all right? You've gone outside and you've had a little dabble and now you've got some demonic activity in your soul or whatever, Right? What do we do to fix that? We repent. Yes, we repent. And we get back in God's perfect design. And we thank the Lord that he can forgive us, that the blood of Jesus forgives us for everything. Right? But we don't keep going out there and dabbling. Right? Just making good on the grace of God. Like, no, that's a very dangerous place to be. Don't do that. All right. So if you have an open door, you close them. Close them today. And <clears throat> some of these things may not be your fault. You know, it's not your fault if, you, if your mum was like, I didn't want this baby. And now there's like this rejection spirit operating. Like that's not your fault. Okay, it's not your fault if you were abused or something. That's not your fault, okay? But we can be powerful people and we can do something about it. And we just shut down the access. Once we know it's there, once we recognize the lie that we're believing, we shut it down. Amen? It's good news. Live, in, live intentionally. Demons are not a respecter of persons. They prowl around seeking someone to devour. Okay? Let's just be educated. Things to, things to remember. Anything demonic is deceitful and it loves to hide. Right? It, it just does. It loves to hide. So sometimes we have to be super diligent to ask good questions. 
Ask the Lord questions. Ask for discernment. God, show me what's really going on. Right? (coughs) They're professional hide-and-seekers. They love to hide. They hate being found. Okay, once they're found, though, we deal with them. They're busted. See you later, alligator. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't want us to get all, like, navel-gazing. This is who we are, right? But I hope that you're equipped... I hope that if you've got an open door or two, you'd be serious today about shutting it. Um, That's my prayer. And I hope that you can help others shut the doors. Make sure others don't don't give access or agreement to, to anything of the enemy. Praise God. For at one time, you were darkness. But now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even think, even speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Praise God. Jesus is coming back for a holy, spotless bride. Man, let's be this guy. Let's be this guy. No doors open. Okay, this guy can actually do some damage for the kingdom of God. This guy can actually go about setting some of these guys free. Amen? It's really, really, let's just all be this guy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all I got to say today. Praise.